Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Ninja Politics by Dacurate. Uh, it's another beautiful year, and this is the election year. And we're hoping for a great turnout at the polls. Not only that, we are hoping that um, Dacurate actually can play a vital role in that. And on today's episode, we will call it the in-house episode, where we are talking to volunteers and coordinators within Dacurate. And I have three great people from three different teams within Dacurate that have been um, instrumental in Dacurate's growth. Um, so I will allow them to introduce themselves. Um, I'll start off with the um, lady in our midst. So, um, Dara, the floor is yours. Please kindly introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, everyone. My name is Dara Falade. I'm a social media copywriter and creative writer. I write copy for different brands online. And I also write stories and sometimes poems. And yes, I'm a product manager in view. Awesome, awesome. A lot of skills for a young and bright person. Um, I'll come back to you. Next up, next guest is a developer. So member of our web team. So Alamin, floor is yours. Okay, good. Good day, everyone. My name is Alamin Musa Magaga. I am data scientist and also a full stack web developer. I'm currently the chief technology officer of Yandy Tech and also the Omdena lead for Kano State. And I'm um, Izindi ambassador and also Angela ambassador. And I'm a youth opportunities ambassador. I'm very grateful to be part of this program. Thank you. Awesome. So Alamin has been one of the people instrumental in ensuring that our website candidates.dacuri.com live. He has worked on a number of things. So uh, we feel grateful to have this kind of people in our team. Um, so we have one person from our diaspora team here today. Uh, so allow him to introduce himself. Vincent, floor is yours. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, 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 we can. So just say hello to the house. Just let them know who you are, what you do. Okay, so my name is Vincent A.K. I'm focused on a career path and sustainability and climate change. Basically, from an as from a perspective of finance. So how can finance support the um, basically in um mobilizing a world where uh in a world that is environmentally friendly as well as uh you know supports the development of social systems so what's the role of finance in doing that and also in terms of reducing social inequalities that can be caused by the problem of climate change thank you i'm a awesome. student as well awesome yeah thanks interesting so i'll come back to you vincent let me Go back to our lady, Dara. Dara, so how did you hear about Dacurate and what are your thoughts since starting your journey with us? All right. I heard about Dacurate through my sister. She sent Dacurate's design to me when um, the flyer was pushed out that Dacurate was searching for volunteers and all of that. And since she knew I was I'm into content writing, she felt it's something I could do. So she sent me the flyer 
and then I applied. I was called for an interview online, and that was how I joined Ed and joined Dacurate. And ever since I joined Dacurate, I I've been enjoying the process because before I was accepted as a volunteer with Dacurate, I made um a bit of research about Dacurate, and I saw that Dacurate is actually a wonderful platform from a wonderful Nigerian. So I felt like it's it's a great opportunity for me to be on Dacurate team. So being a volunteer in Dacurate has actually been wonderful, has been mind opening, and I've actually learned a lot. I've really learned a lot as a content writer in Dacurate. I've learned a lot working with other people. I've learned a lot seeing other people work in Dacurate. So that's that's just been my um good and great experience with Dacurate so far. Okay, that's interesting view. So I wanted to, let me stay with you. What so could you give us specifics of what has changed? in your style or is it your view of the nation or is it your view of work? So let us know what exactly has changed. Give us some example. If you can even cite a scenario of how your work has changed or your view of Nigeria has changed, that would also be nice for our listeners. Oh, okay. So the first thing I would say has changed is that I've been able to stretch myself, you know, with creating captions and all of that. Most before I joined the accurate, I used to feel like, oh, I can't create this caption if I don't have this this amount of hours, this amount of minutes, this amount of days. But working with Dacurate has stretched me. And working with Dacurate has also um opened my mind to some things about Nigerian politics. I've I've learned to embrace some things about politics because before joining Dacurate, I was not too interested in politics. But with joining Dacurate, I've learned to be open-minded about politics. So those are the two um, scenarios I can cite for now. Okay, no problem. I'll come back to you. Um, let me move over to Alamin. Alamin, so how do you, same question goes to you. How do you about Dacurate and what's your view since working on the team? You cannot tell us how long you've been on the team. So listeners can get the perspective okay um personally i get information we got to create when i was i think at that time i was just navigating through my linkedin profile and also some posts so i just saw a volunteer application um in the post so i just said okay let me just give you a try so after i applied i was called for interview and um hopefully i was selected for the volunteer position and since that time I was able to learn more skills. For me, I even usually say it that could really give me a new perspective. And also let me say just share the short it changed my life. Because at that time when you are given like a tax, sometimes you don't have any maybe skills or um how to do this sense, but you have to go and put yourself up to a challenge, learn that new skill that is really required for that specific task. And with that I was able to even implement many projects, join many teams even I was talking to one of my mentor, who is the CEO of Yanditech. I told him, yes, with the volunteer I was able to do that, I could realize the skills that I learned, even implemented and developed this Yanditech platform with you. So I said, yes, for me, I think that I could completely change my tech career and also perspective with regard to volunteer. Because I was able to think, yes, 
if there's anyone to push him or to tell me, okay, go and do that, it's very hard for me to set a specific set specifications and also maybe target to say, okay, I have to be this within this short period of time. It gives me, yes, I have to do it and I have to go and start learning this skills that I haven't learned earlier. And with that skills, I'm able to do many things. Even just now, I was still using these skills to implement many projects, join many teams, and even build many projects. And I was able to get many offers from these skills I was able to learn in implementing some that I create um projects in the website and also the career forum i think that is one of my wonderful experience and for me it's just like a mark in my career yes i know since i joined the career i was able to do many hours and things awesome that's lovely to hear so same question about perspective of politics as your perspective of politics changed since you joined that curate if yes so could you tell us how or which yes. Yes, it definitely changed because when, especially here when you're just roaming around the street, you find that people just arguing about, okay, this candidate doesn't know this, this candidate doesn't know So people were just saying that, okay, this person doesn't even finish school. He just, you, there's like too much misconception and also fake news regarding to these candidate profiles and all that is. But during the iCreate, I was, um, and also the work of the iCreate in trying to unravel this kind of information has trying to show, okay, this person have this kind of qualification. Okay. So, and this is something that most like, and say, say often like Nigerian doesn't know clear information with regard to this candidate. They just know, okay, this person is seeking for this political party. They don't know this person have this kind of skill, finish this school. There's even a time that I think that we are just arguing with someone, and he was able to tell us, most of us think that maybe the candidate doesn't even have much more qualification. He's not that very exposed to much more educational background. But when I saw this, profile in that class. Okay. So we're even taking this wrong with regard to this person. And this is what the person is able to achieve in his life. So I think that I could really, really um do did, did a very, very great job in trying to choose the profile of the politician and also um display and also propagate real information with regard to political candidate and also information with regard to politics. Okay. Nice sir. Nice. So let me be, let's be more specific. Which particular candidate would you say has shocked you the most when you read about his profile while working? Okay, so me, I think uh, the, the first candidate that really shocked me is um, the candidate of Kaduna State and also the um, the presidential candidate of uh, NNPP, which is in general, Musa Konkoso. I never thought he was able to... Um, passes all this uh, especially when i look at this course he finished cat poly because i was there earlier i was almost um visiting cat poly at um almost i can say most of the time when i was in kaduna so i never thought he was able to finish the schools and he was able to get much of that qualification i thought he maybe he just <laughs> go there and have a very simple school to finish and then get his engineering certificate but with this his profile he was really amazed okay great they're about to you. So what was your view about politics before Dacurate? And what's your view about politics now? All right. So my view about politics before Dacurate was, let me see, something that was just meant for a particular people. You know, I was of the opinion that Politics is not meant for maybe everybody or 95% of humans. It's just meant for a particular people in the world. But um, 
joining the accurate, I realized that politics can be meant for anybody. Anybody can decide to go into politics. Anybody can decide to um, talk about politics. Anybody can decide to give correct political information about Nigeria politics, about any any country's politics in the world. So um, I no longer have the opinion that politics is a, is a dirty game and it's just meant for a particular set of people. I no longer have the opinion that um, just a set of people can talk about politics. Now I'm of, of, a, of an open-minded opinion that I can talk about politics. Anybody in my family can talk about politics. Anybody online can talk about politics. Awesome. Have you ever had conversations with friends about politics and you've used accurate information or some of the things you posted as, uh, as a weapon during your conversation? Uh, yes. Sometimes when I post, some people respond. Sometimes if it's um, a candidate's background information, like the school and everything, sometimes it's just like, oh, so this kind of person has... Um, this kind of um um just like Alamin said that he was surprised about a particular candidate's um information. And sometimes when I post something like you know those um questions that we post, sometimes they respond to the images that are not clear that we now ask who is this person. Sometimes they respond, sometimes if they don't know, they won't ask me. Then I tell them to wait for the flyer that reviews the images. So these are just the major stuff that we'll talk about for now. Interesting, interesting. Alamin, I come to you now. Um, where do you see Dakirate's position in Nigerian politics in a few years? Okay, I, I really see that I create to be the leading um platform where for disseminating information with regard to politics. Because even just now, the work uh, they are doing one of the most unique and also if you compare to every other political platform. First, they are not biased, and also the information they are trying to give is I think is just that just targeting the real part. That is the main point of what should be disseminated to the public. Because other platforms just decide to do other things, but they actually are just trying to provide more information so that people, especially in the masses, can have the chance to really know who their political contenders are, who they are trying to vote. Because most of the other okay, they'll try to maybe dig in information, maybe say, okay, scandals, which you got other political um, experience and other things. But they actually are trying to give more insight to return to this political candidate. So that maybe the citizen will be much more aware of who they are trying to vote and what um what that information that has been hiding to the public, especially um, which related to their profiles, educational background, and maybe position they have already held during the past times. So I really see the accurate to be leading, leading voice or platform where um, people can be able to get reliable information and also political information with regard to their with regard to political candidate and also politics. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so if you were to describe um, what we do, um, what would you? How would you describe it in layman's terms to individuals, or what that creates is about? 
Okay, so personally for me, I would just say, okay, but the accurate is a platform that provides information with regard to politics. I think that is for me, it's just the simplest time. We just provide information with regard to politics, especially the background and also the politicians. Okay, awesome. So I want to ask a lot of um, there's been a lot of talks online that the Nigerian youth or millennials and Gen Z are not they are passive about politics. Um, do you believe that is the same thing in your locality that the youths or millennials as well as Gen Z are not active um, are not active players in that space? Uh, what would you have to say about that? Yes, for in some perspective, I may agree with that, but in other perspective, I think it may not be true for that. Because one thing I think uh, when you look about the issue of how active youth are in the politics, if you look at it, even most of the issues, uh, let me just campaign and many other things they are taken by youth, especially here in the north. But one of the issues I think that is clouding and also making it much more difficult for this youth to be very active in this politics is um, the issue of personal interest. Because I believe that youth, especially even if it is in Northwest or not uh, or the South or not region, it's almost the same thing. What is the personal interest? Because people, especially youth, know what you can't just come and tell youth, okay, you have to vote for this youth, okay, or yeah, you should be very active in this politics. People just prefer to vote for someone I think that is going to satisfy their personal interest, regardless of um, who is going to benefit most? So people doesn't matter about okay, your youth, you're very, you should very, um, you should participate very well in politics. But one thing I just really look at, yes, uh, in some aspect also, youth are also uh, very participatory, especially in the election, because um, if you go, if if you look at um the structures of especially for universities, you find that I don't know. And maybe in some other part, but here you find that even the governors they have to go and um, use the student organizations, the student unions, and other youth organizations. Even just now, because yesterday I think I was just talking with someone, they're just even planning to go and like create a youth group so that you can go and meet some politician with regard to maybe okay, they will be uh, biking him and also they will campaign for him. So I think, yes, youth had the major driving force of all politics, even here in Nigeria, because at the grassroots, youth are the ones that are leading everything. Maybe at the top, maybe that is what, um, maybe the people of the older age or and other things. But youth, I think, for me personally, I think they're very, very passive in election because you still need youth. Even the mobilization, you still have, the politicians have to go engage youth. I think there's nothing like, okay, people, if, if just look at the driving force of all the politics, it's just youth. But the only thing I think that is missing is the people who are contending that uh, con contesting the election. I think those are not due, but at this maximum uh, piece of this mobilization, you find the dudes are the ones that are leading all this, and they are the ones that are participating, they are the ones that are voting. I think dudes are very, very active in politics for me personally. Thank you so much, Alamin. Uh, let me come back to Vincent now. Vincent, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Awesome, awesome. So you are based in France. So let us, what Nigerians, the Nigerians in diaspora, especially in your country, what's their view of the upcoming elections? Uh, from my interactions, because I... I don't get to see the Nigerians here every day. So most of my interactions with them are via the students group chats because I'm a student here. But then 
everyone wants a better Nigeria. I think that's it. And I think some of them would also be returning if they haven't already gone back to vote during the elections. So good for me, good governance is a function of good systems and policies. I think we would say a governor or a president has done well when there are good policies and then there are good systems to support the implementation of these policies. And um, having said that, I believe from my interactions with um, the Nigerians here that we look forward to these good policies. We look forward to this, um, to enjoying these good systems because whether we like it or not, the fact that we are here doesn't change the fact that we have families over there in Nigeria. And for some of us, we are still dependent on families who need to send money to us. You know, we still, some of us have to send monies back to families, you know, so either way, we are still, we still have ties to Nigeria. And uh, it is important for us that we get it right this time around at the polling, at the polling needs. And this, and this is me just trying to echo some of the conversations I've seen in the student com- Nigerian student communities um, on WhatsApp. You know, we have to get it right because one crazy policy and then your parents are not able to send money to you to pay your school fees. And then what happens? They deport it to Nigeria, you know? So we, we, we depend, we, we, we depend on the Nigerian government for good policies that can, that can encourage growth of people in diaspora and in the country. And so I think for us, from a student perspective, from my interactions, this is something that people talk about. Yeah. And some other than that, people also have investments in the country. And I think your investments are only as good as the prevailing policies in, you know, in that region. And so, yeah, it's my it's my belief that Nigerians here in the diaspora are concerned about elections. They want someone who's reasonable to win so we can enjoy these good policies and things continue to go well for us. Interesting perspective. So if you were to mention one or two policies you would love to see um, come to light in the next four years, could you just share some of them so that we know your expectations as a Nigerian diaspora? So one one policy or one reform I would like to see would be something around education. Because I think it's it's like a litany every day when we say the curriculum is outdated, you know. So we want to see things. We want we want we want an educational policy. We want an educational reform that could, you know, get, that could finally train the, you know, the Nigerian students to go on to tackle actual problems in the country that also have global implications so that's 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 one thing i would like to see an educational reform of some sort a policy of some sort that makes it easy for that makes it easy for this thing to happen and then systems in place that can you know checkmate the excesses that have bedeviled the education system for example what systems can be put in place as a result of the policies what systems can be put in place to Checkmates the incessant, the unnecessary. I won't say unnecessary, anyways, but the very many um, strikes that we see from Arsenal. You know what systems? Sorry, that once and for all. That's 
that's one policy that I think would would um, make sense. Then and another policy that I think would I would like to see that can have um, an effect would be uh, yeah an an economic policy of of some sort that can that can support the emergence of you know more businesses. Um, so what kind of policy? Because uh, a nation is only as good as its citizens. So what kind of policies can you put in place to support entrepreneurs, to support emerging businesses, to support existing SMEs that are like the backbone of the of the country? We've we've seen business policy we've seen policies in the past cripple businesses and push them out of, you know, we've seen companies go out of business because of one policy or the other. So what kind of what, what policies can we have in place to you know to support this kind of growth? Um I think that's I think that's for me those are like the two major those for me that's those are the two major sectors that I think would benefit well from from um from good policy making education and um business. And yeah, I don't have clear court examples right now of say a policy that would you no know, but these are just scenarios I've painted that could support you know support Nigerians in the country. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Come back to you. I still have a few questions for you, but let me move over to Idera now. So Idera, I wanna ask you, um why do you think this election is different from previous ones seems there's a the atmosphere is just different what do you think are the factors that are making it different so um i think the difference with this election atmosphere is the fact that people are tired nigerians home and abroad are tired um people want a change of hand People want a better government. People want a change in power. People want a government that is going to bring better things to Nigeria, a government that will not be ash on its citizens. So I think that's just the major reason the atmosphere is different this time. The conclusion of the matter is just the fact that people are tired. Or let me just say many people are tired. That's, that's just the whole... The, conclusion of the matter <laughs> it's just that people are tired that's just how i can summarize everything interesting thank you and i mean do you feel the same way that people are tired that's why this election is different okay for me personally i would not just okay what one thing about uh, the election is that people are always tired in nigeria it's not just now since almost even all election people are just complaining complaining they're all tired about many things security and many other things but for this election, if one thing that is really, really interesting and worrisome about this election is that uh, it is very unpredictive. It's, uh, it's very hard for it to predict, okay, this is the person that's going to win the election. And due to the complex nature of um of the vote, voting pattern and also the candidate, it's very, very difficult for you to say, okay, you're very sure that this person is going to win the election or something. And... um. One thing that I think uh, people are also very interested in is that if you look at the 
previous election, people really put hope, especially in the former and this uh, the current president, and most of their hopes, uh, most of the problems, especially during the campaign, uh, has not been achieved. So I think this is one of the things that really make the election to be very exciting and also make people to be very aware of the political scenario that is currently happening. But for me personally, um, um, what I think and what I pray that will happen, especially in the next coming four years, is that whoever is going to win this presidential election, we shouldn't, it's not, it's not so one thing about uh, this, uh, one thing I just realized, especially about Nigerian politics and all that, thing, sometimes it's not just about the candidate. For example, no matter how good this candidate put, that is going to win the election. If the structure that is continuing, this structure that is currently existing now is still there in place, it's very difficult to see any meaningful changes, no matter what kind of resources that is being put in place. Because one thing I just realized about is that, I was just even discussing with someone about insecurity. So let us just look at a country like uh, Egypt and even other countries. First example, we are a country with almost like over 200 million people, but still we have not more than 200,000 forces. And these 200,000 forces, most of them, maybe some of them are already officers, and most of them are already situated within the urban areas. So if you have any security challenges, it's very difficult for this security to be able to be deployed in every region of the country. And uh, that is one of the difficulties, and that is one of the reasons the structure will not, is the structure that we need to first look at. So every any candidate that is going to win the election, shouldn't just focus on this uh, structure of the country. I think that is the most important thing. So we shouldn't just expect anything to change. All the structure is changed. For me, I don't usually take it like that super excited about who is going to win the election. Yes, I have my preferred candidate. But for me, I just like just watching whatever happens first. I hope it is going to be a good thing or bad thing. But first, I know that whatever that person is going to bring on ground, as long as the structure is keep existing now, has not undergone any further alteration. There's no any meaningful change that will happen in the country. Very interesting perspective, Alami. Um, so, let, Vincent, over to you. Do you believe the manifesto of um, all these candidates are properly scrutinized or are more scrutinized than ever before? Uh, yes. I think this is the first I think this is the first time I may be wrong, but this is the first time I've actually experienced you know where people really show so much um people have shown so much enthusiasm, you know, for manifestors. We had you know, I think this year it has been this election cycle has been a bit different. The manifesto, the manifesto. There's been a there's been a lot of emphasis on manifesto, but I think it has been scrutinized. Yes, it has been scrutinized, but at the end of the day, I don't know if Nigerians vote for vote based on what they heard in the manifestos. So, but yeah, I think this year there has been, there has just been particular emphasis on manifestos, which is a good thing. So it is my belief that based on what people have heard and have seen, they would vote accordingly. Okay, so did you have time to look at anybody's manifesto? And what were, what were your thoughts about it? could be presidency or state. Do you see any manifesto and which one struck you or was interesting enough to start a conversation about? 
Um, unfortunately, I did not look in like looking details at anyone's manifesto. Pretty much, it was what I maybe clips of or tweets. But yeah, I think um, um, Achiku and Obi so far, from what I've seen, heard, and you know, I think their manifestos kind of stand kind of stand out. Yeah, they are. Kind of policy driven and like I said before, I think a nation or a leadership or a leadership or yeah, a leader a leader is is as good as the kind of policies he, he he put he makes and the systems in place to implement those policies. Interesting views. Um so it seems like there's a lot of buzz um before election and everything dies down after someone is sworn in or a winner is chosen. So I want to ask um what do you think can be done to for people um what we call it how do, how can we keep our leaders accountable or to ensure that they've presented a manifesto now they are sworn into office how would we ensure that they follow through on all their promises? So this is where I I would now date back to Nigeria's constitution. I think we we run a presidential system of government where ideally there should be checks and balances. So the executive arm of government should be checkmated by the legislative and and the likes. So for me, this is this is one good way to ensure that the Whatever has been agreed in the manifestos, you know, whatever promises have been made, or whatever ideas have been put forward in manifestos, I think it's also the responsibility of the of the other arms of government to checkmate and ensure that that things go well. And also this takes me to the second part of what I was going to say. For a country, we given the kind of constitution we have where we know that it's the presidential arm, sorry, the executive arm, the legislative arm, and judiciary arm. I think there's so much emphasis on the uh, the um, executive um, arm of government side of things, particularly the presidential elections. Yeah, it's very important because you know that's the that's going to be like the face of the country, the external ambassador, and all of that. But if if the legislative government is you know a bit weak. He, for example, that check that check and balance power. I I feel you know, if if we don't have a strong legislative um um House of Reps and all of the and the Assembly, I think that's what what you're asking. What what your question really should focus on that um, accountability. We might not we might not have it, but yeah, this is hoping that you know, um, we get everything right. This time around, and 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 that's why I'm very very um, I'm very excited for the future. Depending on how this election goes, um, I think I either way, depending on either way, depending on the way it goes, I think it has it's going to have like um, what's the word? It's going to be like a boomerang effect. If able to run with 
the outcome of these elections, whatever it is. So we have a case of if APC wins, for example, we already we've already started sending narratives. It's not by manifestos. It's not by, you know, it's not by speaking English. It's not by going for conferences. You know, there's that narrative. If Labour Party wins, for example, we have a new narrative. You know, oh, you could actually be diligent. You could actually have good track records, and you could actually get into power in Nigeria. And that is also going to have like um, a boomerang effect on upcoming elections. So, so yeah. Um, Another way to also checkmate, probably whoever wins, I thankfully the way we have it in Nigeria, which is like a blessing and a curse, whoever wins, whoever becomes the president can appoint his ministers. You know, it's a, I think it's a blessing and a curse because it's a uh, it's a curse, but first because um, people use that as an opportunity to reward friends and supporters, you know. And then you could have an incompetent person surrounded by incompetent people. It's a blessing because you could actually use it to play to your strengths. And the whole checkmating thing we are talking about can also come from there. You know, if you're surrounded by people who really want the best for the nation as ministers, I think it's only normal that after each market day or each working day, you review and see how you can improve. So these are ways I think we can checkmate. And then citizens, um, I think we have a voice. And depending on the kind of person who, depending on who gets into power, hopefully you don't get into power and then decide to take away freedom of expression rights like we, like the current government tried doing. So we've also seen the role of social media in shaping Nigeria's electoral system. Um, we saw how useful it was when it enters movements. I think it was also the Edo State government, governorship election. Yeah, I'm not sure, but we also saw the role of um, social media and Twitter. And this is also a this is also a tool for Nigerians to continue to make their voices heard. We already see how these guys they know the importance of social media. We see how much emphasis their campaign teams are putting into packaging their candidates rightly and correctly for social media appearances. So they know how important social media is. They check social media. They have people on their team who check social media. So I think that's also another way we can get um, we can get them accountable I, I, if everything goes well. Yeah, other things being equal, like we said, economics, other things being equal, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, social media in general should be another way to for citizens to directly, you know, checkmate excesses of um, of sorry, of whoever is um, appointed, sorry, whoever is elected, even it should also, I, I also think social media should be a way to, we maybe have, we might not just have been doing it, but I think social media should be a way to even um call back, you know, what's it called, like local governments, your whoever is representing your constituency. I think just depending on the kind of leader we have and yeah, the kind of, depending on the kind of person who wins, I think we, sh- we should see more of this thing where, you know, people decide on social media that they're going to call back the representative of their constituency because he's messing up, he or she's messing up. So, yeah, these are the three ways I see possible check and possible checks and balances being implemented to ensure that whoever wins stays true to his manifesto and delivers for the people. Mm. Thanks so much for that. 
And I mean, so we're going to end this episode with one question. If you had to paint the Nigeria of your dreams at the end, let's say in 10 years' time, that is 2033, how would that Nigeria be? Okay, so for me, uh, in just 10 years, what I vision for Nigeria is to see Nigeria leading in, I just want to see Nigeria to be um, a leading industrial nation, especially in the world. Let me just say one of the top 10 industrial countries in the world. And also uh, to see a very uh, increase in educational system, especially to see that, for example, here in the north, we have a very, very... Um, it's very, very um, high rate of uh, also illiteracy rate. So I really like to see this like breach of this gap, especially here in the country. So most people are very educated and also to see a very stable country where I think ethnicity, religion, um, and also um, differences doesn't usually use and also employ in election and also use to the right people for the personal gain of this politician. I really want to see a country where People can live anywhere and also be welcome as great Nigerian, irrespective of their culture, tribe, or religion. And lastly, I really want to see a country where uh, people are very, very um, responsible so that if there's any issue, especially if there's any, if a politician mess up or this something, people would try to hold them accountable. People would be very, very aware and also be very active on what is going to happen. Um, if um, maybe if, for example, just now, if you look at people doesn't really care about if the president break a law or not, because just I just recently I re I read a news uh, with regard to this prime minister of Britain who uh, some time ago uh, for, uh, did not put his um, seat belt. At that time was even that just now I think he was fined by the police. And if you look at maybe the comment from his countrymen, people are just, ah, he's very important response. Why should you do that? But for example, if this happened in Nigeria, people just said, okay, Ah, people just laugh at you. So I think if you look at this, this lack of sense of responsibility and also accountability nowadays. So I really want to see a really change of mindset in the Tunis temple. So where people really hold the leaders accountable, where each and every structures and also will be very, very active and also we will have a very strong institution so that every system of governance and process will really take place smoothly. Thank you so much, Alamin. Really great stuff. Um, unfortunately, we have to end it on this note. So I want to thank you guys. Um, thank you, our listeners, for tuning in on your favorite platform to listen to it. Please, you could go back and listen to uh, 11 episodes that have been recorded past. Um, so please subscribe, follow us on social media, Dacurate Inside, D-A-C-U-R-A-T-E, Inside, on all uh all platforms and you can check out your candidates and check their profile on candidates.dacurate.com um to next episode i want to thank to, to we meet again first of all before we close i want to thank idera alamin and vincent for making taking our time to join this and record this episode and secondly for being wonderful members of the team i'm sure you're definitely going to hear more about them in the coming weeks and coming years so Till next time, guys, enjoy and have a wonderful time. Bye-bye, guys.